So I have a highly recommended company that sponsors this show called Gummy Cube, and they have big data analytics from the app stores. It's actually called Data Cube. And what they're doing is they're using real mobile data for their app store optimization and their mobile marketing to help their clients. So Gummy Cube can help you uh, find the right data that helps you increase your downloads. I mean, that's pretty relevant, right? So I highly recommend just go and check them out. Go to www.gummycube.com. That's www.gummicube.com. And I want to thank Gummy Cube because they've just been so great in continuing to support this show. This episode is sponsored by AppPress and they enable you to build apps code free. So as an app entrepreneur, what this means is you can get your apps out onto the app store a lot quicker without knowing any code. And you can build an app code free today and publish it tomorrow and push out your app across smartphones and tablets. It's fast. It requires no coding. And I'm a big fan of AppPress. So what I recommend you do is go to www.app-press.com. That's app-press.com. Go and check out. You can sign up. And thank you very much, App Press, for sponsoring the show. Hi, I'm Anil Pangalori, co-founder and CEO of uh, Newsbeat, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. Uh, this is the show that brings you inspiring guests, so it helps you in your entrepreneurial journey. Uh, we have had people who've listened to this show who have left their corporate jobs and gone into the world of entrepreneurship, startups. It's a great world out there, and I've got somebody who's really going to help us with this because he is facilitating uh, office spaces for startups. Uh, it's Roe Adler, and he's the Chief Product Officer at WeWork. So, Roe, uh, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hi, Paul. Thank you so much for having me. I uh, would love to know about WeWork. Tell us a bit about it. Sure. Uh, we build communities of small businesses where entrepreneurs, startups, and small businesses in general can come together and collaborate. Uh, most of our products are actually within the physical world in the form of different buildings where you can take a desk or an office. And we also have a flexible membership called We Were Common membership that allows everyone to be part of uh, our community of uh, now, I think we're at 23,000 members right now, uh, which is about six, 7,000 small companies, 20% of which are uh, tech startups, but the rest are every different type of small business that you can imagine. So what happens very often is that um, whenever someone within our community has a business need, they will post it within our internal social network and they will find a solution within another member, be it in their own location or in other location in their city or in other cities around the world. We are now in... Uh, the United States uh, and in the UK, Netherlands and Israel and growing and uh, trying to bring value to entrepreneurs and freelancers. Roe, this is so exciting. I have to say that, I mean, that you've just described is a small town here in the UK and uh, 23,000 <laughs> people is, is phenomenal. Uh, I mean, one of the big uh, challenges as someone who's just left, I used to work for a big corporation, left, become uh, an indie um, entrepreneur, startup guy. 
is the loneliness in a way of a lack of community. So, so what's it like there in the offices of one of your um, startups? So it, it starts from, from scale. Uh, the average WeWork building has about 1,000 professionals. Uh, it's divided usually 50-50 between uh, male and female. And you really have all the colors of the rainbow of the different professions and types of personalities. So if you are a one-person shop, a freelancer, if you are a three-person company or, or a 10 or 20-person company, when you join WeWork, you start belonging to, to something that's, that's bigger, that's more fun. And part of what we are trying to do is to heck the, take the hassle away from the, the business operations and helping you focus on what you love. And we like to say that we like to help you make a life, not a living. The, I love what that. O- <laughs> what happens very often, especially when you live um, a large embracing corporation, is that now when you want to start your own, you need to suddenly figure out, you know, healthcare, payment processing, bookkeeping, a lot of legalese. And we try to take a lot of that hassle away. Part of it is by introducing uh, amazing partnerships that we have with uh, our partners that we are able to negotiate on our members' behalf because we have so many of them. And the other is just by introducing you to other members who can resolve your problems. Hence, just, you know, emphasizing the, the community even more. So, so Roe, uh, I, in my previous uh, role, of, uh, used to work in a corporate uh, building like a bank. Uh, many of the listeners to this show now are working in a corporate environment. I'd love you to d- sort of describe and explain to someone who hasn't been to a WeWork place, what's it like? We, we recently just had an episode where the, the guy, the founder of a 200 people startup was, was there, a very open plan office. In fact, he had PlayStations in the office and bouncing balls and dartboards. I'm not sure what a WeWork office is like, but perhaps you could describe it for us. So I will gladly do, but I encourage everyone to just jump on WeWork.com and see because we have a lot of imagery of the different locations. In general, we have very large communal spaces that encourage people to come together around some of the amenities that we have in each building, such as uh, free coffee and free beer all day long, so that just uh, you know, Rowie, back can... up there, back up. What did you say? Yeah, yeah. Fr- free beer. Free beer. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in already. That's we you, really we have discovered that um, when you measure the quality of uh, of social interactions, uh, when beer is introduced into the mix, the quality goes up significantly, and. Uh, as, as a data-driven organization, we are, I think we are dispensing hundreds of thousands of, of coffee cups, of, uh, sorry, um, beer mugs every, every quarter. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's a lot. Right. This is why I set this podcast up, is to meet people like yourself, to be introduced <laughs> to this life. Because, you know, we often forget that, I mean, we call it work. But for many people in the startup world, the tech entrepreneur world, it, it isn't work. It's like following a passion. Uh, and yes. just having beer in the community building, you know, to have a, a, a drink with a fellow colleague m- must be just a wonderful environment. We are big believers in self-fulfillment. And, and we think that uh, today's generation is a generation of people who care less about the notion of job security and working in a large company and more about doing something that they love. And we are, we've really analyzed this, this phenomena 
to depths that I think no one else before us did and try to create a physical and digital environment to be able to facilitate this new lifestyle. So I wondered, I know it's really difficult for you because you have 7,000 amazing companies, 23,000 amazing people. Do you have an example of a tech company, a startup that perhaps you've, I know you were recently in Washington. You know, give us an idea of the sorts of tech companies that you're surrounded by there, where you're calling from. Sure. So just a few examples of companies I, I just got to uh, spend time with because TechCrunch Disrupt was last week in New York City and, and we sent 19 startups from within our community on our expense to actually present in the show. So uh, as, as the person heading the selection committee, I got sort of re-exposed to many of the amazing startups we have. So just a few examples we have here in the building where I'm located at, WeWork itself is a member within WeWork. So here we have a, a great company named Tigli that builds physical toys on top of iPad apps. So they have an iPad app that you can get, but also physical toys that you play on top of it, uh, educational toys for kids, an amazing company. Another example is... Um, is a great app I was I was exposed to named Scotch. Uh, one of its co-founders is Josh Abrams, the former global creative director for PayPal, and they bring, they build a, a photo discovery in in a way that I've never seen before. It's quite an addictive quite an addictive app. It's called Scotch with a K. Uh, we had a consumer without an E that was acquired by Perch. They built. Uh, uh, sort of a Yelp for packaged consumer goods, a very innovative concept, very successful acquisition. So, you know, th there are thousands, but uh, I think that app development is today a major piece of the, of the business play of any company that's trying to grow. And we see across our members, either, either you are a company that needs an app or you're a company that needs someone else to develop their app or you're an app developer and many of your customers are WeWork members who are in need on app, develop of app development. And so what we, what we see, for example, is when you join our Commons membership, which starts at $45 a month, you immediately get access to all these companies who from time to time need app development resources and you are able to promote your own services to them. And small companies working with small companies is one of the most magical things that, that we are so proud we can facilitate. And, and really, I mean, in your experience of having all these companies, what do you think is the one key ingredient to survive the first year? We know the first year of a startup is, is like, you know, the highest chance of failure. And have you got any tips for us to, to get through that first year? Wow, that's a, that's a big question. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've done startups all my life, and within WeWork, I'm, I'm exposed to so many more. I think it's, firstly, it depends on the type of company that you are. There's a very famous article by, uh, um, God, I forgot his name. Uh, we can, if you remember it, we'll put it in the show notes. How's that? Okay. Uh, Episode 310 for anybody. It's called, are you, are you Amazon or are you Ben and Jerry's? And it's, 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 an, it's a, the founder of Stack Overflow and Trello. Oh, my God, I can't believe. He's a good friend and I forgot his name. Never mind. <laughs> Hopefully he's not listening. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, no, it's going to get to him somehow. It's going to be very embarrassing for me, but never mind. <laughs> so what he was asking is, are you the type of company that tries to, uh, uh, that, that tries to uh, um, build 
something and grow really, really fast, burn money on the way and not care about profits? Or are you the type of company that tries to build slowly through profits and based on its, pro its profits grow? The vast majority of the businesses are the other side, are sort of a, are sort of a Ben and Jerry. And, and Joel Spolsky is the name, of course. On it. it appeared on Joel on software many, many years ago. Sorry, Joel, I apologize. Don't hate me, please. Uh, so, <laughs> So, so back it happens to, that, to us all, Rory, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the companies, I think, are more of a Ben and Jerry's, meaning they are trying to build something minimal, start selling it and grow based on their own profits. Other companies are trying to raise, you know, a big round and based on that grow as fast as they can and care less about, about profits. It's also part of the difference, I think, between the New York culture and the Silicon Valley culture and some other cultures around the world. If you are trying to create a high growth company based on external investment, my recommendation would be to think really carefully about your minimal viable product and as fast as possible, release something to the market so that you can start collecting customer feedback. And as much as planning is important so you have a direction to where you're trying to go on a daily basis, Look at your data, look at your engagement. And if you see patterns that are different from what you expected to see, do not be afraid to change what you're doing every single day. That's what being truly agile is all about. Because for such companies, in my humble opinion, the single most important thing is that every employee, every hour of the day does the most important thing they could be doing. Any hour that you waste doing anything but the most important thing that there is, is a wasted hour. And it means that you're burning your money and you may end. Yeah, we've had examples on this show where uh, the founders have burnt through $100,000 a month and uh, soon you know, got through $2.7 million and had to pack it in. And so, you know, Roe, you've just happened to uh, come across the biggest theme of this show podcast you know i've done 309 of these and we constantly come back to that issue of uh, engagement feedback trying to solve a problem it really is to me the, the key to success i absolutely agree i think it is one of the big paradigm shifts in software development you know what i'll take a step back for a second i, I started developing software when i was uh, 10 years old in the in the very early 90s and the world has changed several times over since. I've been involved in startups where I wrote device drivers in companies that built silicon and hardware companies and software companies. And it's truly revolutionary how the speed in which you can bring a product to the market has just changed in the past. I can, I can easily say 15 or 20 years, but actually also in the past five years. And today, the fact that you're able to establish a real company with an investment of $200,000, dollars is remarkable. What we need to remember, though, is that this agility comes at a cost where we as entrepreneurs are expected to be really, really smart about every hour of the day. Because the throughput of an, a, a good person's hour is just phenomenal today versus what it used to be just, you know, f 10 years ago. Well, Roy, we, we're glad that you decided to spend uh, half an hour of your day with us, which is obviously really important. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, what about uh, a lot of 
uh, app entrepreneurs always ask me where to focus your time. And, you know, maybe we could ask that to you. Uh, I mean, you're a very busy man. I know that scheduling your time, you've just got so much going on. And uh, how do you know where to focus your time? It starts from understanding your business's strategy, deriving from it your business's goals, and then establishing the matrix through which you can know whether you are getting closer to the goals or not. So one story that um, I really like to tell people who seek my advice is um, a cool piece from Alice in Wonderland where at some point she meets the Cheshire Cat and uh, she's she's weary and she's crying and and she's in a sort of a crossroad and she doesn't know whether she should turn right or left. So the Cheshire cat asks her, where are you trying to get? So she says, I don't know. So he says, so what does it matter which way you turn? And taking that into the startup world, I always remember this question because what are we trying to achieve here is the first question that we need to answer. That's sort of some call it the vision, some call it the the strategy, depends on how large and how formal you are. But deriving from that, how will success look like? How can I draw success in in the form of numbers? And then what are the markers that I can start tracking to see whether I'm trending towards these numbers, yes or no? If you're unable at the end of next week to know whether you're in a better position versus what you were last week, then you are wasting your time because you don't even know whether you're making the right progress. So being the data-oriented person that I am, it goes back to these three. It's understanding what, what you're trying to do and then derived from that is how can you analytically define success and then derived from that, what are the different things that you need to look at and see that you're trending towards there. So I'm fortunate enough to have an absolutely amazing app store optimization company called GummyCube who sponsor this show. And they collect uh, data from the mobile app stores, Google Play and the Apple App Store. And that data then allows you to be more effective when optimizing your apps for those app stores. Now, GummyCube deal with brands and indie developers and product managers. And what GummyCube are able to do is find those long-tailed keywords that rank. You see, App Store optimization, it used to be, and I'm I'm sure you're probably still doing this right now, where you go uh, back and forth and check things like Google search, and and then you get the long tail keywords uh, from web search, and that is the wrong thing to do. Uh, You don't really want any data that's being scraped from the web. What you want is data that is actually from the app stores, because we know that the way you behave in app stores is different to on the web and searching on the web. And so this is why you need GummyCube to get access to their algorithms and their data cube and to really be efficient with app store optimization. So I highly recommend going and checking them out. It's www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com. And thank you very much to GummyCube for being such a great company and supporting this show. This episode is sponsored by AppPress. Uh, AppPress offer this dashboard that is as simple as uh, dragging and dropping. It means that you don't need to know any coding to become an app entrepreneur. It's a wonderful service. Uh, The founder has been on this show before and I'm a big uh, fan of their service. Uh, It really is a case of uh, just going to their website, app-press.com, sign up and they do have uh, different plans to suit your needs. And what you can do is you can create an app by just dragging these uh, blocks in, these uh, images. Uh, You can uh, use some HTML, uh, but you create your own app 
and you build these native apps that can be distributed anywhere, you know, and they have uh, all the, the wonderful tools and resources to help you do it. Uh, you don't need to know any coding. You can have uh, push notifications. Uh, you can embed video, insert text, create buttons, uh, all simply by using their dashboard. It's very easy to use. I highly recommend uh, using this uh, service. It's app-press.com. And thank you very much to AppPress for supporting the show. Rowie, that is terrific advice. What a golden nugget. Now, there's two more things we need to do before we say goodbye to you. Uh, one is that uh, we'd love to try and find out some of your biggest pain points, uh, frustrations, because ultimately that then leads us down the road of potentially offering a solution. And so uh, I wondered if you can think back to you know the last few months of your work and can figure out you know, if you can... Re- what is the biggest pain point you've come across, a big frustration, and then maybe we can flesh out an idea for an app to solve that? Uh, I think that the first and foremost, our biggest challenge is, is growing by recruiting software engineers. So the, the, there's something really awesome and really special about being at a company like WeWork that grows so fast. But part of the... It's like it's it's a double-edged sword in a sense because as the company grows so much larger that we then we are just technically able to grow our team, we get into a lot of frustrations that relate to you know to scale and throughput. So hiring is a big deal, and this problem, to the best of my knowledge, has not been solved yet by anyone. Although I I personally know of at least a hundred startups that are trying, but I do encourage uh, <laughs> encourage all of the listeners of the show to to innovate on that front. Beyond that, one of the interesting things that we're trying to do is to create a situation where when a WeWork member posts a piece of text into the member network, all of the professionals for whom this could be a business lead will be automatically notified and pulled into the discussion. We have a lot of work going on around that, and, and this is actually working today, but with a lot of manual intervention, just throwing out this, this challenge out there. And third, we are playing with the idea of opening our platform as an open API to allow anyone to innovate and build apps on top of the, 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 the internal auth that we have across our user base. So when that happens, I think the audience for this show will probably, you know, they, there's probably a lot of creative and really cool shit that could be built on top of that. <laughs> I do. I love that because, I mean, we know like how powerful now uh, Slack has become as a solution. And, you know, if you've got, like this wonderful collective in your group, then, um, you know, it's really, uh, it could be really powerful. So, uh, well, there's one more thing to do before we say goodbye. We can't, this is a show about apps. We can't let you go without asking what's on your phone. I wondered as, you know, someone in your position, very busy, what one or two apps do you have on your phone that you use in your business life or in your personal life that you could recommend to us? Uh, I use, I'm just, I just opened my home screen to look at it so I can be as accurate as possible. So first I obviously have all the, all my social networks, so Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Instagram. I have a small anger in me for Facebook for now occupying another icon for their messaging app, but you know, there's no choice. I'm a, I'm a very heavy user of WhatsApp. A lot of my group communications are conducted using that. 
There's an app that I'm addicted to, which is uh, BillGuard. It's a startup that's based in uh, in one of our uh, one of our locations in Bryant Park in New York City, and that that app analyzes your credit card expenditures and shows you whether there's anything that's uh, that's you know should raise a red flag. So it's based on sort of crowdsourcing of credit card fraud, but it's also a personal finance analytics. So on a daily basis, I sort of see my household spend. So that that's an app that has its uh, room on my on my. Um, Home screen and obviously as a WeWork member, the WeWork app that's used by all our members is there, and that's what I use to see what's going on in my building, what people need, what events are happening. This is how I book a conference room, etc., etc. Moving to the second page, I, I, I think I think those are the main things, and obviously Uber, but uh, you know that that's how we get from place to place way too often. <laughs> yes, Rowe, that's just terrific. And what I'll make sure I do is uh, take some of those links from you and put those in the show notes for episode 310. So uh, if you're listening to this and you can't find that, then just go to um, theappguy.co, search out episode 310 with Rowe, and you'll see uh, links to the things we've mentioned. And also, Rowe, how do we get in touch with you or connect with you? Um, uh, you know, what's the best way of getting in touch? You can all write me to roee at wework.com as long as you're willing to wait a few days for a response because I have a massive backlog of emails, but I invite everyone to contact me directly if they need anything. Yeah, email overload, that's one of the big challenges as well at this time. And uh, I love the fact that, you know, there are apps coming out there that are solving that problem, but hey, it's information overload, but... Um, Rowie, thank, thank you so much for coming on the show. What an inspirational! Uh, do you feel like we covered everything on WeWork? Was there anything we missed out that would be a good uh, place to leave our conversation? I think I think we covered I think we covered the important points. To reiterate the main thing, there's a generational shift from people who are looking at job security to people who are looking at fulfilling fulfilling themselves and then making a life for themselves. And we are there to help, and we invite everyone to just. Take a look at WeRock.com to receive some inspiration for how our spaces look. Check out our Commons membership. That's a very flexible entry-level membership. And if we can help some of the listeners of this show resolve some of their biggest business problems, then it was worth it, and I'm very happy. That's great. Yeah, so everyone um, go to WeWork.com and check it out. Thank you so much, Roy, for joining us on the App Guide podcast. All the best. And uh, I can't wait until you go globally around the world and you're offered everywhere so we could become digital nomads and pick up a WeWork. Uh, a place in Bali would be good. I'm thinking of going to Bali. And so that would I'm be I'm going to check good. that with our real estate department immediately. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be high on your priority list, but <laughs> great. Thank you, Roy. That's Thank great. you so much, Paul. Thank you so much. So remember to go and check out www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com, who are the world's best app store optimization company. And I highly recommend uh, using them to improve the optimization of your apps and help them get discovered in the app store and use their algorithms and their data cube from the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. So www.gummycube.com. And thanks to Gummycube for being such a great supporter of this show this episode was sponsored by app press uh, just go to app-press.com and go and check out some of their plans you can build an app uh, code free beautiful app 
and uh, they will give you the tool to enable you to do this. Uh, they do have uh, different plans uh, that you can try uh, the personal plan, uh, which enables you to build a very good app starts as low as $30 a month. Now, if you've been listening to my show uh, for any length of time, you'll know that a lot of the app entrepreneurs have spent tens of thousands of dollars on apps. So for you to build an app and, and get it onto an app store for $30 a month is incredibly good value. I do highly recommend you go to app-press.com and go and check out their plans and sign up. And thank you very much to App Press for supporting this show. Well, this is a bit of a marathon, but we are getting through them. I'm going through every single review I've had on this podcast over the time that I started, and it has been very inspiring for me. And I wanted to just thank these people who have taken the time to leave me a review. Do go to theappguy.co and search for where to leave me a review if you haven't yet done so. So I play to um, Leggett from the US on the 26th of November. Great podcast. I highly recommend uh, put this podcast for tech entrepreneurs. Simply brilliant. <laughs> this podcast was recommended to me. I th- um, went through and gave it a shot. Paul, the app guy, has such an easygoing, relaxed style to his interviews. He has a very humble attitude, which is refreshing to find indeed. Five stars. Thank you, uh, Olim, P-I-C-G-G-H. And uh, it's a shame people don't give their real names sometimes uh, on these Uh, the best podcast out there Christopher Wells look at that how coincidental uh, somebody who's given their name I must say I've been searching the entire iTunes market for a podcast focused around apps the app guy is probably the best one out there the show has actually inspired me to start an app of my own love it Paul keep up the great work well Christopher Wells if you've got through through these reviews and you're listening to this, do let me know what is your app. I would love to promote it. Get, you know, give it some uh, attention. Thank you so much, Christopher. That it, that is why I started this show, 27th of November. That's getting closer now. Uh, the uh, 27th, uh, Top Tech, Perez Hilton. Oh yeah, right. Uh, Uh, Top Tech just discovered this today. I don't think it's Paris Hilton. Uh, Good podcast, lots of insight, but so many episodes. How am I going to catch up? Well, uh, Perez, hopefully you have from the UK. Hopefully you have caught up by now. And um, wow, this goes really quickly trying to read out these. So many of them. Uh, Now, this is a story behind this one. Look, the 28th of November. Uh, so just before this five-star review was left, I connected with this person and left them a personal audio message. They obviously then uh, were going to leave me a five-star review. Uh, this is Michael Britt. And then I've just recently had him on my show and we had a great time. Very enjoyable and helpful podcast. Paul gets some of the un- very unique guests uh, that you don't find anywhere else. Um, and he talks about app building. I also like his voice. He's very authentic. Good stuff. Well, Michael Britt, you know, uh, well, if you are still listening after your um, exposure and like, you know, guest interview, then thank you very much. We are out of time. So I am still going to carry on doing this. This I want to get through all these reviews. Thank everyone individually. And uh, it was a guest on a recent show who inspired me to do this and said it would be a good idea. So Uh, please do leave me a review and uh, I will make sure that I do this in the future. Thank you all so much for listening and 
look forward to dishing up another wonderful episode of the App Guy podcast pretty soon. Bye for now.